Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Rev here. A special treat for you today. We are doing an episode swap with Spout Lore. I was going to go into more about what Spout Lore is and who they are, but myself and Sean and Abdul from Spout Lore ended up recording a dual intro. Uh, So (laughs) just uh, enjoy uh, and you'll get to learn about what Spout Lore is. We had a bunch of fun recording uh, this intro and just chatting with each other for a while. Uh, But then after the intro, you will have the first episode of Spout Lore, which is a Dungeon World actual play podcast. So yeah, enjoy. Hey, Rev. Hi. Hi. Can you hear Rev? Yes. Sick. This worked. Look at us. Scrappy young bunch of (laughs) people who know just enough technology to get ourselves in trouble. Just don't look at the efficiency of the setup. Don't ask too many questions about what's plugged into what. This audio is coming out of a 1990s talk boy. This one's going into a Teddy Ruxpin. (laughs) I'm terribly excited to see like how much of the preamble of us just trying to figure out all the technology we can use. I mean, uh, it's still going now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, been okay. the majority of the call, I guess. For, for, for clarity, then, <laughs> for anybody who has stumbled across this, who is in this call right now? Uh, my name is Abdulaziz. I am a cast member on the infinitely popular <laughs> role-playing game podcast, most popular podcast in the world, Spell... <laughs> <laughs> and and I am lore. and I am Sean O'Hara, game master on the moderately popular, very passionate fan base uh, RPG podcast. Spell lore. <laughs> uh, and I'm Rev. I am the GM uh, and the producer for uh, you know the middle of the road podcast, <laughs> the Crit Show, uh, which is focused in Monster of the Week. <laughs> The the second most popular Monster of the Week podcast. You just you can't do anything about those McElroys. I, I know, right? It's like, look, is if you Google Monster <laughs> of the Week podcast or Dungeon World podcast, yeah, there's gonna be some big names above us for sure. But once you yeah. get down down in the muck where we are, it's nice. It's comfortable. It's like a it's like a it's like a pigsty. You know, cozy. Yeah. What we did was we dug a hole to the dungeons of podcast. <laughs> But that's where our world is. is There's nowhere to go but up. Did we say we're a Dungeon World podcast? Did you say Dungeon World podcast? I didn't. No, I said RPG podcast. Okay. I mean, you were listening to an RPG podcast before you got to our episode, so it's a Dungeon World podcast. Is this... Are we doing our... Like the one that'll be in front of our episode in your feed? 
or are we doing them both at the I feel same like we time? Might be doing, <laughs> bump, bump. Are we doing them both? We might be doing them both, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. This is where like the curtain gets pulled back and it turns out there's another set of cameramen. And this is where the two podcast feed merge and then our two universes yes. collide. Yeah. I'm trying there is a there is a my pop culture brain is like struggling to make a reference right now. I can feel it on the edge of my vision, but I don't know what it is. I, the thing I'm thinking of is uh, the Illuminati comic where two universes kept crunching together. And so the Illuminati were destroying the other world to make sure that one of them would always oh. survive because the two two worlds couldn't exist at the same time. But they were trying to take up oh. the same space. Cool. That's cooler than my reference, which was uh, the TGIF Halloween lineup where Salem the cat went to Boy Meets World. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing I could think that, of. You know what? I think yours is far more on brand for both of our audiences. <laughs> I'm glad other people... You guys remember that, right? I do remember that vaguely. Salem, went, Salem the cat went... He swallowed a magic disco ball and he went to Boy Meets World and it became the 1940s. You know, the most chipper and upbeat of all decades of American life. Some people say that that's where the Wachowskis came up with the idea for The Matrix. I want you to elaborate on why you think that he reference makes sense. He a disco ball and then he went into a different world. Do you not remember that scene where Neo swallows a little disco, disco ball? ball in a car in the rain? They force him to swallow a disco ball and then Salem the cat bursts out of his belly button. <laughs> I, you know what? No, you know, we're not going to talk about The Matrix, but I was watching it the other day. That's a pretty good movie. It's a solid movie. It's great. Rev, what do you think? I sat down years ago when I was working at this theater and they were in a, like a rotating rep and I was only in one of the three shows. So I had all this free time and there was a blockbuster across the street. And so I rented the big box set that had like all of the movies that had the animatrix oh. it had like everything they'd ever made including like the video game cutscenes. and it funnily <laughs> enough you know if you watch everything they created it actually all mm -hmm. made sense because there were like scenes in the video game that you needed to know to connect information yeah because yeah, it was it starred the it, the main character was the guy from uh the matrix reloaded right the uh uh yeah. what are what's her face's friend <laughs> The Merovingian? No, no, no. Uh, I think his name's Ghost. He's uh, just like he's just kicking it in the in the background, but yeah. he's like the main character in the games. We did this just turned into yeah. a whole other show. <laughs> Crunchcast. Welcome to Crunchcast, everybody, where we talk about universes crunching together. Okay. <laughs> Brought to you by Nestle Crunch, <laughs> the official chocolate bar of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I just found our new T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the Illuminati finally blew their cover, is they just could not resist sponsoring Nestle Crunch. I know. It was a real problem. Uh, okay. What are we talking about? In theory, if we right now are recording the intro that we will both use, <laughs> mm -hmm. how about this? I will ask you... Tell me about your show. What is Spout Lore? Okay. Uh, Spout Lore is a Dungeon World podcast that follows the exploits of three idiots uh, in their quest to <laughs> blunder their way through the world's most important <laughs> events. And Spout Lore, you know, much later in our show, we go into Spout Lore and not the show, but... Oh, Dungeon World. The game. Yeah, we go into yeah, Dungeon yeah. World. How many times can I say Spout Lore in a way that will then make this sentence <laughs> incoherent? <laughs> Uh, but Spout Lore was the show that I listened to to learn Dungeon World. Aww. Like I listened to the first couple of episodes to like get a feel for the system, and then I I just kept listening. That's, so, that's how they get. That's you. so sweet. And also, um, you did not learn how to play Dungeon World. <laughs> <I promise>. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 
At some point, you said the names of some moves. That is true. Some some dice were rolled. Mm-hmm. That's that's really all I need. I did the same. Honestly, though, I did the same thing with Monster of the Week. We haven't had the opportunity to listen to Monster or to play Monster of the Week, but I was like, I gotta get an idea of how it actually plays uh, after reading the book fifty times. And the crit show was a great opportunity to do that because it's a cool. You got a cool kind of modern setting. You do the thing that I like that I've never tried where you're yourselves, but like placed into a fantastical situation Uh, like magic cosplayers and theater companies that are secretly monster hunting organizations. (laughs) Like so tight. I really liked the scene of the pilot where uh, (laughs) like you guys are driving in like a 1992 Honda Civic and someone's like, there's a lot of bullets in the back. I think TJ's like... (laughs) There's a lot of bullets in the backseat here. <laughs> Is this a grenade? What's this all about? <laughs> uh, so tell us about the Chris show. Uh, as you said, it's uh, the kind of the the little twist on it is that my players play as themselves. Uh, and so it is they start out as the playbooks that are kind of closest to their their personalities, uh, things they could justify. And then it turns into the folks who are pulled into a, a much more complicated story than they want to or prepared to be involved in. Uh, and then we we do, we hit other Powered by the Apocalypse games because in the vein of so many monster shows, they discover the thing they need to defeat their big bad isn't here. Mm-hmm. And so they start dimension hopping. Uh, and each dimension is a different Powered by the Apocalypse game. That's so fucking yeah, sick. Yeah, such a cool setup. It's also like for any of our listeners, like it'll be, re- it's really easy to jump onto the crit show because mm-hmm. the powered by the apocalypse system makes it like so easy to like just follow what's happening. Totally. It's the same yeah. kind of dice rolls. It's the same kind of like success and failures. Yeah. So like you're immediately like plugged into it. And the tone of the crew is very similar. It's like, it's, it's upbeat. It's kind of, it's more focused on uh, the humor and the storytelling than it is on like super intense crunch. You've yeah. got the the crunch being like the mechanics and the math. Yes, yeah, yeah. The like the it's not super focused on like the the intricacies of the system, though it does yeah. hit the the beats of the system very very easily and very effectively. And it's nice because you know you talked about the energy around the table. It feels very similar to when I listen to Spout Lore because starting off, I'm listening to all of you at a comedy club recording together yeah Yeah. can you can you talk a little bit about that experience yeah we uh abdul paul and i met doing comedy and jessica uh and i met when we were children (laughs) and doing comedy doing comedy comedy. uh so we all kind of met at the same time where like jessica and i were going to a lot of shows uh and then the when we decided we wanted to do a podcast we all lived in tiny one-bedroom apartments and we thought, where's the best place that we could do it? So we just did it in the back room of the comedy club that we started at. Yeah, that we started doing comedy at. Yeah, it was really cool. It's really cool to have like your the place where you started comedy be the place where you started your first podcast. I never thought about that. Yeah, me neither. R.I.P. Radfish Lounge. <laughs> you were you were too beautiful for this world. Yeah, the comedy oh. club is still there, but that room they gave it up. It was like an attic in the comedy club. Well, they sold it to they gave it back to the hotel that it was in, and then the hotel got sold to another hotel chain, and now it's just like a haunted mansion, basically. <laughs> it's the spookiest place in in Victoria, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and what happened to the room? Is it just filled with ghosts now? I actually walked in there like a year after because they don't lock the door. So uh-huh. I just went into the bar and uh, it was just full of boxes. 
It was kind of sad. It, it was like sick. the end of Cheers when they like turned the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. It was like at the end of Cheers when they sold Cheers to the Ramada Inn. <laughs> <laughs> Did they turn the lights off at the end of Cheers or was I thinking about Boy Meets World again? They do that at the end of Fresh Prince for sure. And Boy Meets World. Okay. Yeah. Probably Cheers. <laughs> I remember the last episode of Alf, they shot Alf in the face. <laughs> They did not do that. <laughs> Which, it's funny that you... Do, do you know about the last episode of Elf? Yeah, everybody hated the show, right? So Willie just walked right off set. Didn't say goodbye to anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, the uh, the end of the show ended on a massive cliffhanger. Oh, really? Where Elf was, like, surrounded by the government. Oh, they, yeah. They, like, finally bust him, and then they never made another season. So the end of Elf is Elf getting captured by the FBI. Oh. <laughs> and it's, a, it's just a deep seed, because now they want to do a sequel show... Right about now, to Whoa. distract everyone, uh, where it'll be Alf breaking out of his his federal prison. Like 30 years later. Honestly, yeah. I that wasn't crazy sick. about Alf when I was younger, but I would watch that. that be just, he's, he's just all jacked and angry, though, now. <laughs> yeah. He's got all the prison tattoos. <laughs> he's been working out for 30 years. Can you imagine that puppet just ripped? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I don't want to, but I'm able to. It's just Dwayne the Rock Johnson in an elf head. <laughs> With the hat on? That's yeah. great. Uh, tell us about the begin, like how uh, the Crit Show kind of started. So it actually kind of started on accident in that our podcast was originally going to be Pathfinder. And we were having some issues with, uh, with the equipment. And so I ordered some new equipment. And then a buddy of ours was over just hanging out. And so the four of us sat down to test the equipment. I was like, oh, let's play Monster of the Week because we had just bought that book the previous week mm -hmm. and everyone had joked about like, oh, if I was a playbook, this is the one I'd be. I said, so just play the playbook that you said you're going to be. And so we recorded it to test the equipment and two of the folks left and I turned to Tass and he goes, well, that's the show. And I said, it is. <laughs> now we got to figure out how to get everybody involved. <laughs> wait, wait a second. So you're telling me that your pilot episode was accidentally recorded? That's awesome. Cons yeah. Like the quality that came out of a just let's sit down and see if the mics work is astounding. Yeah. So then we had to kind of go back and re-record character introductions and stuff because we didn't do any of that. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it was just, you know, we didn't have enough people at first. There's I mean, I'm sure you all know the difference between three people recording something and four people. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel like that huge of a difference, but. If you've got four people and someone's going, it's not instantly on one of those two other people to now pick up the ball. Totally, mm -hmm. yeah. It's nice because if two people are having a scene, you're not sitting there going, oh, well, I have to be next. There's yeah. there's another person right. to to hit that ball. So That's so interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Did you guys all work at that theater that's in the pilot episode? So Tass works there. Jake worked there for a little while. Uh, and then I have never worked there and TJ didn't work there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you guys all like theater folks? Three of the four. Jake is not. Jake is a martial artist. Whoa. So yeah. cool. Cool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He, he was just our, our role-playing buddy who had just started like a year and a half before really getting into it. That's like Jessica. Yeah. Just like not being a performer and then ending up being one of the probably quickest and funniest <laughs> Uh, cast members. Okay. That, I mean, of <laughs> course, of shit. Of course, it's all a tie for first. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm a cast member, Shad, and there's only three of us. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that Jessica went from not performing. So at either all. I'm second worst now uh -huh. or last. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you keep it up, you're gonna be last. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> do we have to do this on the call with Rev? We have to do this right now. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Abdul brought me in to mediate. Um, oh. Sean, this is this is an intervention. <laughs> An intervention? I thought you were going to say couples therapy. What did I do? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what an intervention starts. This is an intervention. An intervention? I thought it was for Abdul. You suck. <laughs> I'm great. Okay. Yeah. What points have we hit so far? Uh, the systems. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The, the systems, the vibes. Yep. Like, what's your website? Where can people find you if on our feed they listen to this and they're like, hey, I want to listen to more? Yeah. You can find us at spoutlore.com uh, and... At Spelt Lore, most places. Yeah. And you can find us uh, at hotmeatboys.com. Yep. Uh, that will get explained in season three if you ever get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the easiest way to find us is just honestly, if you, uh, we picked a specific enough name that if you just search Spelt Lore, you'll find us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not Sprout Lore, which no. is a, what a lot of people end up typing in. Including my dad. He still thinks it's called Sprout Lore. <laughs> so your dad right now is just listening to a botany podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't know what a podcast is, I don't think. No. And also, definitely not what our podcast is. Imagine <laughs> Pat called you and was like, I heard you guys on the Crit Show. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was going to translate over to uh, to Monster of the Week that easily, but uh, it was pretty, you know, it was a similar, I like the similarness in the systems, the difference in genre. <laughs> Where can people find you, Rev, and the Crit Show? Yeah, they can find us at thecritshowpodcast.com or the Crit Show wherever you listen to podcasts and on most social medias. Um, and I noticed, you know, I was, this is kind of a side tangent, but your, your art is so beautiful. Um, and I was looking at your website the other day and I see that you have your show broken up into seasons. Um, is that something that is when, when someone downloads the show and they look at, you know, the episode numbers, is that all broken into seasons there as well? Or is it just a running number and you kind of know where the season breaks? No, the season breaks are like programmed into the podcast feed. So like when you, if you subscribe to it. Like in just any podcatcher, like you'll see season one, season two, season three, season four. Uh, and if uh, like if you like if your listeners uh, like the first episode, but they want to like kind of sample more of like whatever's going on, like later in the podcast, we have like a section of the website that's just fan yeah. favorite moments mm -hmm. that they can go to. And it's like it's just fun clips from from like later seasons and stuff that they can be like, oh, it's, is this my vibe or what? Mm -hmm. What season are you all in right now? Eight. Eight. Yeah. We recently started season eight. So I think we're four or five episodes into the we're eighth season. Eight episodes into season eight. <laughs> Done. That can't be right. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. Uh, well, we our seasons vary pretty wildly in length. Like yeah. they can be anywhere from ten episodes to like twenty five episodes long. Yeah, the shortest one is eight, and the longest one is nineteen or twenty. Yeah. And what about you guys? Yeah. You guys have like two hundred plus episodes, and you swap shows like eight times, and then you play like a billion <laughs> different systems on your Patreon. So yeah, we do. We have a bunch. Like if you go to our feed, there are there's a lot of episodes. Um, they are broken down the same way by season and then also by bonus content. So we are in our fourth season. Our eighth episode of the fourth season just came out. <laughs> our seasons are kind of around like 45 to 50 long. And then all of those other episodes are either live shows that we've done or we also make Let's Plays for newly releasing RPGs or RPGs that are just going on to Kickstarter. People will come cool. to us and... We'll do like a three or four episode playthrough where the creator of the game will come on. 
walk us through character creation, and then we'll play a one shot of it, and we'll we'll put that out, and they'll use it on their um, on their feeds or their Patreon page or what have you. But we also publish it on our main feed. So there's a bunch of playthroughs of like Fate of Cthulhu and mm-hmm. Aegon and a lot of uh, indie RPG games. That's yeah. Sick. I listened. I recently was listening to your uh, Perilous Tides game, and yeah, so so cool. Great game cool setting yeah uh, if, if anybody out there is making an rpg we're open to that <laughs> i want to play more games i'm trying to convince i got to slowly trick these guys into playing other rpgs because none of them played rpgs before we started the podcast so every time i introduce new rules to them they get mad at me <laughs> so <laughs> any opportunity i can have to hoodwink them into playing a new powered by the apocalypse game i'll take it and if there's anyone out there who's designing an alf rpg <laughs> come get at me i want to play as alf and i want to fight my way out of a government facility <laughs> well see you make it you're making a joke but that's a pretty good idea yeah most of my jokes are good ideas <laughs> <laughs> the kids i mean the kids on bike system does facilitate could facilitate an alf style rpg mm-hmm. where you all collaboratively control alf hello my name is alf that is the opposite of what alf sounds like Hata, my name's <laughs> alf you who are you don't do this <laughs> don't make me feel like you don't know what alf sounds like and then have to clarify it to you no i know what alf is. i know you do i'll do his voice t- right there no you won't there, yeah that's what i thought you were gonna do <laughs> my name's alf uh okay so yeah spellorians if you want to if you want to check out the crit show go check out the crit show podcast.com and enjoy their pilot episode which we will play right now and crit crew enjoy the first episode of spout lore gather around friends let me tell you a tale of three heroes noble and bold a brute a druid and a thief who is but nine years old you know them by name you know them by deed their quests are famously daring so here i sit singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing tuck is the brute who knows not his home he loves to sing and fight fingers half elf he shifts his shape and wields a spear with great pride Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest, they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Welcome to Spelt Lore, a Dungeon World podcast where we are playing... Uh, the Dungeon World RPG. It is a hack of a game called Apocalypse World by D. Vincent Baker. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. We're here with the players. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very excited. Paul, tell me about your character. Uh, my character is Ving Zumba. Uh, I'm a druid, human, neutral good, change shifter, shapeshift. Cha- yeah, shape druid shapeshift. Yeah, I'm hailing from those frozen plains. Let me hear you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we have anybody from the frozen plains here? Uh, this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I got a staff, a bunch of flaps, poultices. Uh, Ving's got wild, crazy kind of grayish hair. Lots of pelts, different hides, mm-hmm. almost like a skirt of hides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hides around his forearms. Uh, and uh, also he has gills. He has gills? Oh. Yeah. Why does he have gills? Well, that's what defines him. 
Oh, right. When he changes his druids. Yeah, they has to have Druids always have a tell that sticks with them as they change shape. Mm-hmm. So like an Arctic chair. Yeah. Like an Arctic chair. Like an Arctic chair. <laughs> so Ving has gills like an Arctic chair. And if you were to turn into a polar bear, that polar bear would also have gills like an Arctic chair. He puts his crazy wild hair over his gills though, so nobody sees him. Like okay. Kevin Costner would. If he ever made a movie about that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I like it. I, don't, I, I assume that we'll know more about them when, as we go. Yep. That is one of yeah. That is one of the the, the tenets of Dungeon World is a play to find out what happens. Just like real life. Just like real life. And next, Abdul Aziz. Hey, hey, Abdul. Tell me about your character. Uh, I play at, at Tacoma Dome. Uh, he's a barbarian uh, who has a lot of emotional problems. <laughs> he was abandoned as a baby, and he blames himself for that. Uh, but he was raised by a used cart dealer in the city of McCall. Uh, his name was Bruce Spruce. And he uh, he instilled good values in me until he died when I was four. And then I left. Uh, me as Tacoma. Tacoma left town because he was chased out of town. And then he lived as a man of the world, a child of the world for years. Uh, like as a sword for hire for a while, and then he was part of a band for a little while. Like a then... band, like a music band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does what does he play an instrument? He was he played the bass. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and he got really into opium for a couple of years. And then uh, he found barbarism again. He rediscovered it. Uh, and uh, he's kind of been like kind of rediscovering himself through the violence that he inflicts on people that he thinks deserve it. Describe Tacoma. What does Tacoma look like? I, uh, I'm tan of skin and large of thigh. Uh, I'm bald of head by choice. <laughs> I'm wearing a leather loin guard. Uh, I have an axe strapped across my back. I'm very large. Yeah, like human. large for a person, like too large. Yes, I'm maybe I'm like seven feet tall. Whoa, wowzers. Whoa, That's yes. a big boy. Yes, I'm a muscular seven foot. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm in a bulk phase right now. <laughs> Uh, I do a lot of uh, plyometric exercises. Is that a thing? Is that a fantasy thing? Um, yes and no. Hmm. Is that why you stopped wearing pants? Because they always wore out in the crotch? They wore out in the middle where it would it would rub. Hmm. Um, so, and it was constricting for barbarism. But I didn't... I didn't get a good range of motion. You could probably light a match off your inner thigh. You could. If you put a match there, I could probably light it. What is a festival that Tuck remembers from McCall that he misses? Oh, there was the fireworks festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone would buy fireworks and go into balconies and then fire them into other balconies. <laughs> Uh, what was the purpose of this festival? Was it, it to like settle scores with other families? It officially it was to celebrate the birth of the prophet of fire. So that officially is it, and then unofficially, yes, it is to settle scores with your neighbors. 
Most of the uh, structures in Macal are made of straw or wood. Oh, shit. Mm. So once every four months, the whole city burns to the ground. <laughs> uh, and uh, that was always a, a very uh, heartwarming time. Quite literally. Yes. Uh, many die. <laughs> it's a beautiful festival. Mm-hmm. That's nice. The Prophet of Fire. I want to. We're going to explore more of that later. That's does, is is Tuck religious at all? I acknowledge the possibility of the existence of the Prophet of Fire and the the God of the Flame, but I also God of the Flame. You're really laying it on God of the Flame. I also have seen no conclusive evidence for it. If he is truly a vengeful and hateful god i don't believe the god of the flame would care if you believed in him or not (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that the most logical position is to just be an agnostic Mm -hmm. ving Mm -hmm. you travel with an ag with a guy that's spirits might exist but ving knows they exist yeah. Right. Is that is that the, that's the well, source? That, I of... think uh, most elves know of the spirit world, right? Well, yeah. I believe in ghosts. I fought <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> fought ghosts. Yes. Same thing, right? The spirit world is what lets me travel between bodies. So that's what you travel into the spirit world, so and only, then you come I'm back only, in a different body. I'm traveling within the spirit world, but yeah. Okay, and that's what allows Ving to like change forms. shape. Yeah. That's pretty dope. <clears throat> How how old is Tacoma? Because this is a lot of uh, like mid twenties now. <laughs> he's had a long life. He's well, like he did. He lost the only father he had ever known in that freak cart accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a stack of carts that fell. Over. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Jessica. Tell me about your character. Um, my character is Fat Billy, and he is very. He's very fat. (laughs) (laughs) Fat Billy is a halfling kid. Mm -hmm. He's very small, very round. Uh, I think he's about seven to nine. Seven to nine. Maybe nine to ten. Is that? Can we go seven to ten? It's true. I guess nobody would really tell him how old he is. No one knows. Billy doesn't know. So how big is that for a halfling? It's small. Like like two feet, you mm -hmm. know, because he's a big boy. Well, he's the same size lying down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's very dirty. Mm-hmm. He has small feet and hands, a very rosy face. Does he have a bulbous nose? No, it's very small. Oh. Yeah. So he's just small and like chubby and has small. like tiny hands. He's just little. The thing about halflings is it's hard to tell their age. Tuck is, is right. Some, is this yeah. something Tuck's had experience with? Yeah, well, it's hard to tell, you know? <laughs> you meet a halfling and you're like, hey... Uh, do you want to come on a quest? And then the halfling goes, yes. And then turns out you have a child with you. <laughs> we thought he was in his 40s. Is that, yes. how, is that how Tuck and Fat Billy met up? Is you assumed that he was older? Well, that's more how our fellowship formed. <laughs> All was, three of you? We have a child with us. Mm-hmm. And we thought we are happy with him now. When we recruited him originally, we, we thought, thought that he'd be helping us. I did nothing to dissuade. This <laughs> no, no, yeah, to, we're to convince yeah, we're you dumb. of my age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was assumptions. Yes, yes. It's and look, like now, look at us. Yeah, it's just hard to tell halflings. What class is Fat Billy? He's a thief. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of stuff does the thief do? Like, what does Fat Billy do, or what? Yeah, what's his what's his life like? His life is lonely. He's it's lonely. He's on the, he's on the road a lot. On the road with his friends. No. 
No. Uh, not well not for not until now. Until now. Not oh, until but before now. this. He before was alone. this, yeah. yeah. So we are friends. I hope so. <laughs> Where halflings come from, water is scarce. It was a lot of farming, but I think it was mostly scarce because no one would would let Billy would let fat Billy have water. Oh, like Billy it was scarce to Billy. Yes. Oh, okay. What's what's the halfling country like? Is it pretty farmy? A little bit, some mm-hmm. parts, but they're like little farms. Okay. Everyone has their own farm. Oh. But they share. Families will share. But I didn't have a family, so no um, one shared with Fat Billy. <laughs> so he left? No, he was kicked out. Oh, right, because he burned down grain silos. He might He might have built, maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. He might have <laughs> burned down something. <laughs> Accidentally, deliberately, who knows? Was it an accident? Always. Yes. For real, though. This is me. You're talking to Tacoma. Yes, it was. <laughs> huh. Still some denial, I see. No. Billy, if I Fat light... Billy is ashamed. If I light this match on my thighs and I hand it to you, what will you do with it? I might drop it. I don't really know how to handle flames. Okay. I'm. So, but I'll do my best. Don't do it, Tuck. I won't. I'm not going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm a small child. Why would you give me... An open flame. Yes, I. I'm just. I wanted to see how he would react. Great. So we will get started. Uh, the three of you have been on the road for a couple days, and you are traveling to the village of Mudlark. Sorry, uh, Bloodlark. A Bloodlark. Yeah, it's a lot of Y's. No, it's just Mudlark. Mudlark. It's a small town, and I want you guys to tell me what the environment around Mudlark is like. Oh, it's a real piece of shit. Boggish. Yeah, it's... Uh, Pretty boggy. It is uh, muddy. Mm-hmm. It's mud. I can't tell if it's steam or if it's fog. I can't, <laughs> like, I can't but I can't see through it. It's a red... Oh. It's a mud fog. It's a red mud fog area. The mud is, the mud is red? Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's okay. birds. Yes, mud birds. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a, a bit of a stinking mire. Stinking mire. Yes. The old stinking mire. Uh, uh, great. It reminds me of a woman I knew. Her name was uh, Janine, uh, and she uh, she she shoplifted a lot because there was an emptiness inside of her, and she needed the thrill of theft to fill that <laughs> emptiness. I so know. yeah, I know what that's like. That's what this place feels like. It's like feels hanging out with Janine. Like you're looking in Janine's empty eyes. Hmm. Her blue, muddy eyes. <laughs> so as you were saying that for 45 unbroken minutes, <laughs> you hear uh, next to you just a painful just... Because you guys are escorting somebody to the village of Mudlark for a festival. Uh, who are you escorting? Uh, I'm <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Ving, who are you escorting? Um, the uh, the food cart guy. It's a food cart guy. Yeah, he's in charge of all the meals. Oh heck yes! Okay, yeah. So what kind of is so is it is it a cart with food in it or like or is it a cart that no, is with just ingredients going? in it? It's not food. Ingredients. Yet. Okay, yeah. what kind of food is this guy going to be making? All sorts of fantasy food. Um, schloss, schloss steaks. <laughs> schloss steaks. I uh, 
smoked chlarken and ribs. <laughs> um, mustard. Many mustards. All right. So it's just like... He, just, well, I don't know why he's in such a panic, but uh, he is. This guy's mm-hmm. really worked up. Yeah. Okay. okay. Food. This guy. So do we have a name for this guy? Dan. Dan. Colonel Dan. Colonel Dan. Is his first name Colonel or was he a colonel? I think that they just call him the colonel. Oh, they call him the yeah. colonel. Colonel is his title. Yeah. Okay. Colonel Dan. No last name. Fossey. Fossey. Dan Fossey. Is Dan Fossey a guy that we know? I don't know. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Sounds good. Is that the guy that made all those uh, musicals? No, he hung out with gorillas in the mist. That's the one. Oh, Diane Fossey. There you go. That's who we're thinking about. Uh, great. So you're taking Colonel Dan Fossey to the village of Mudlark with his cart full of food. Uh, it's meat that mm-hmm. has been... Kebobbed. Yes. Kebobbed, then pulled. Then kebab again. So it's just a lot. Is that what a schloss is? And this is what you guys, you guys have been learning all about this over the last couple of days is as Colonel Dan's been it's like. It's a real like, Bubba, Bubba yeah, Gump, Bubba Gump kind of thing. thing. Where he's just like schloss parfait, schloss salad, schloss sandwiches. Yes. Schloss salad. Grilled schloss, <laughs> boiled schloss. <laughs> it's just for two full days. Uh, and I, the what last, the one of uh, the other things that I want you guys to tell me is what is the festival in Mudlark? Why is everybody going to Mudlark? Jessica. Fat Billy. It's a hot dog festival. <laughs> it's a hot dog festival? Yes. That's what all the mustards are for. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is he, so is he is he taking the Schloss stuff as like, is there a type of hot dog that's made yeah, out of this meat? Yeah, that's what a hot dog is called in this okay. town. Um, the pulled meat gets reformed into a hot dog formation. Is served on a bun with many condiments, mm-hmm. and people love it. <laughs> <laughs> people just love. There hot is schloss. so good. That's yeah. why they come to this nasty <laughs> hellhole. <laughs> I'm excited. Yes, I'm yeah. excited. Okay, yeah. So it's kind of like Burning Man. So describe <laughs> to me how it is. It's kind of like Burning Man. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But with like hot dogs. Yeah, and mm. uh, stinking mire. Yeah. You know, people come a long ways away, and they don't know why they're there, and they, everyone's got flaps on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because all the steam and or fog and or mist, you have yeah. to like aerate the areas. Yeah. Oh, it gets like swampy. Yeah. 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 It's like a, te- a test to see who who would. Go the distance. That acts as a filter, so you only get like-minded people mm-hmm. at this hot dog oh, festival. Oh, I see. So people will stop before they get to Mudlark because it's so gross. Yeah. So there's gonna be a lot more annoying people at this festival. If <laughs> Colonel Dan's anything. <laughs> festival has its own economy that is based on l- l- free love and hot dog meat. Yeah. <laughs> Tubular dudes. Yes. There's a. Uh, I hear sometimes that there's a pirate ship. I've heard of the pirate ship. Wait, yes. So there's a wait. Is there a pirate ship just in the mud, or is it? Does a, a river go through Mudlark? A river runs by? through it. Yes. <laughs> I thought I thought Mudlark was the river, and the river dried up, and now Mudlark. Oh, it's like lies a dry... within the dried up oh, river. Yeah. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. it's like it was once a river, and now it's just a big mud. You follow field. the mud. A delta land. Yeah, gotcha. like in the Wizard of Oz, except the golden road is mud and poo. <laughs> I heard. I heard that people live in boats that are stuck in the mud. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yes, boat stuck in the mud. All right. Yep. So you guys are escorting Colonel Dan uh, to Mudlark for the hot dog festival. He's probably like in 110. his like. One hundred and ten. He's a hundred and ten years old. Whoa. 
because he is he's an elf he's an elf yeah so 110 is like a smooth like 30 30 40 yeah he was younger not a lot of elderly elves will own a food cart (laughs) that's true it's more of like a early in life sort of thing before enlightenment now is ving not part elf Ving is part elf. Okay, so how how are Ving and Dan getting along? Well, I'm embarrassed <laughs> by that connection. <laughs> also, Ving really likes to cook. Oh, he's a, right. He's a good poultice. He can make things from the land. So this guy going on about hot dogs, it's just a little too close to home. And he's an elf, so he doesn't want to be identified with this guy. But okay, he feels a kinship nonetheless, like a family thing. You know, like a cousin who comes up to you at a bar and rubs your back before you know who's there. Fat Billy doesn't know what this is like to have family. Yes, neither does Tacoma. Well, it's annoying. (laughs) Oh, would that I knew the (laughs) frustration of the touch of family. Of the familiar blood. Yes. Of the comforting caress. Well, I think you're lucky. Uh, the The touch of skin that covers blood that is like mine, I have never known. That's fair. I've never seen anyone like you, Tuck. I've, I have, I'm a brown person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm from the frozen North Elf Man. That's true. This is so. What is what is uh, what are Tuck and Fat Billy doing in the cart while they're? I've eaten a lot. I've also eaten a lot, and I don't want them to know. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've just stolen been like, a lot. You've just Maybe. in the back, like gorging like a raccoon. Yes, uh, yes. But how's Fat Billy feeling about this? Well, pretty good because he. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't know. He's just like, why yeah. not? So Tacoma is in the back with Fat Billy, I guess, eating. What is Describe Tacoma. What does Tacoma look like? Uh, I'm lying on the ground in the back of the cart with a pile of jerky on my tummy. And I, what I'm, I'm, I'm flicking it up into the air and catching it in my mouth. And I'm going, woohoo! <laughs> Is, and Billy's Billy's back there with Tacoma eating the jerky. Yeah, Great. it's like I'm eating the ones that he's missing. <laughs> so I just run around him and I collect the rest. Well, mm-hmm. Fat Billy doesn't believe in waste, so yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's reasonable. Yes, mm-hmm. the halflings are very uh, they they believe in balance mm-hmm. and vulturism. Yes, <laughs> scavengers yeah. traditionally. So Ving, you're up front with uh, with Dan while these two are in the back, and you're kind of having conversations through the hole in the cart in this covered wagon. And uh, it's very foggy to either side. You're on a muddy road going into the boggy region surrounding Mudlark. And there's thick, white, smelly, kind of like gaseous fog. You can't really see that far in front of you. And uh, so the horse is kind of struggling along in the mud, yanking the cart along, and out of the fog on the road, uh, there's just a big fallen tree oh. right across the road and dan kind of pulls over he's like whoa oh man we're not getting any further with this tree in the road you guys want to take care of this or something my knees are tired i don't want to get up there's no way around the it's just swamp on either side like just right into right into swamp i'll i'll just hop right out i'll take it take a crack at what's happening yeah all right billy do you want to come I'll let you ride on my shoulders. Okay, I'll do that then. (laughs) (laughs) So Tuck and Billy jump out of the cart. Billy riding on Tuck's shoulders like the kid from the Iron Giant. (laughs) And uh, right into into the slimy mud, 
and the fog and you walk around to the front of the cart and there's this just a, like a big huge like probably four feet across just a big tree trunk right across the road can can his axe take care of it can you give her a chop i mean that would probably take a long time to cut through what if we leave the cart um, Dan says, no way. It's got all my schloss meat in it. I'm not leaving this cart behind. Also, there's no way we'd make it through the rest of this fog without shelter. We can't move. It's too heavy to move. You, you haven't tried moving it yet. Oh, let's try and move it. Uh, I was going to just throw the horse over the tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of moving the tree, you were going to pick a horse up? Yes. But the tree weighs more than a horse. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, seems like the easier can, thing to do. Can I assess the situation? How would can Billy I, be assessing the situation? Like, maybe he can... Let's scrabble up that tree, see what's going on. Yeah, hey, what's on the see, other side? Yeah, what's on the other side? Sounds Is great. there a way through here that I can't see? Yeah, That all right. That sounds like a discern reality. All right. So you're going to roll 2d6 plus wisdom. Okay. 12. 12, damn. Yes. Unmitigated yes. success. That's incredible. Uh, so on a 12, you get three questions from this list. And you take plus one forward when you're acting on the answers that you get from these questions. So the questions you can choose from are what happened here recently? What is about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? Or who's really in control here? And what here is not what it appears to be? Can I do what happened here recently? What happened here recently is this tree. You can see sort of like by the way the roots like came out of the mud like on the far end. This didn't fall naturally. This was pushed into the road. Okay. So Fat Billy scratches his little chin and he's like, what should I be on the lookout for then? <laughs> All right. Uh, you think that you should probably be on the lookout for whatever pushed this over oh, whatever or whoever no seriously like i know it's not it's not going to give you all the answers that you want <laughs> but audience. but a lot of the times this isn't gonna give you the answers that you need but so something pushed this over so you think that if they're not here now then that they might be here soon okay what else what else is fat billy wondering uh, so there's, yeah, the other ones you haven't asked are what is about to happen? What here is useful or valuable to me? Who's really in control here? What here is not what it appears to be. Okay. Uh, Fat Billy wants to know what here is valuable or useful. Hmm. Okay. So Fat Billy's kind of scrabbling around on top of the log, looking around going like, oh, somebody, something pushed this over. And in the mud um, near the base of the tree off the side of the road, you can see something shiny sticking out of, oh. of the mud just a little bit. Get it, Billy. Okay. I'm going to try to get it out. Okay. Wait, but what is it? At first, Billy's like, oh, yeah, shiny stuff. I'm into this. Billy digs it out of the mud, and it's a spear blade, like, hammered out. So it's not, like, professionally forged, or if it was, it's been used a lot because it's been, like, repaired really haphazardly, kind of just, like, smashed with something hard, like a hammer or a rock, and it's snapped off just below the blade so there's a sheared spear sheared spear spear was sheared so it's pretty small then if it's a spearhead yeah it's about like eight or nine inches long yeah and it's just like a like a kind of roughly adhered to uh, a broken piece of shaft can i see that can i look at it yes all right i want to i want to look at it i want to see if i can recognize the make or the the material or anything if i know anything about it yeah so that'll, that'll be a spout lore 
which you will roll 2d6 plus intelligence. Okay. Six. Uh, oh, a six? Six. Oh, that's a that's a failure. So you mark an experience point. Because in Dungeon World, you always get an experience point when you fail. That's like one of the main ways to get experience is to fail something. Okay. Uh, Wait, let me see the spear. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe that, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe no. that's the failure is that instead of you getting a good look at it, Tuck yeah. goes, I'll look at it. <laughs> But I feel like the failure should probably be on Vin <laughs> instead of... Oh, we can't just pass it around? <laughs> well, anyway, so you're like trying to, like, you're looking at the spear and you're like, where, what do I know about this? And you realize, I don't know a lot about <laughs> this spears, uh, but it looks like it was made, uh, like, this is probably just something that somebody lost on the way. There's no chunks of wood on it. I guess I failed. You did fail. So All what right. you, what, what Ving believes is that, oh, this is... Not important, probably. Somebody just found this. Like, it was just somebody's spear that broke, and they lost it in the mud, and it's just made... This is going to help us with this, this tree is situation. Nothing. This is nothing at all. All right. Yeah, nothing to worry about here. You, you can have this back, Billy. Wait, I do want to examine <laughs> that. It's not really how the game... Like, if somebody fails a roll, it's not just like... I can't I'll also, look at it okay, after no, someone else do, looks at it. What you can do is you can aid or interfere. Because Bing owns the fucking spear now? <laughs> Well, it's not important. It's, okay. It doesn't matter. Fine. If you want to help somebody, you can roll plus your bond with them to aid or interfere. And if you succeed, they get a plus one. And if you get a seven to nine, uh, you expose yourself to danger, retribution, or cost. And if you fail, then a hard move happens. So if you already fail. Yes. But you can help somebody after a failure. Oh, but uh, it only adds a plus one? Which would make it a seven, which is a partial success and not a failure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, I'll do that. All right. Let me help you examine that spear. <laughs> get that <laughs> spear out, big boy. Let me take a look. <laughs> I, put, I, br- I get up. I come up behind him. My head is above his head because I'm so tall. <laughs> and I put my arms on his arms while he's examining the spear. And I say, let's look at it together. Now, do you remember what your bond with... How many bonds you have with Ving? Two. 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 I think I had the max. I think he, yeah, he had two with me so and he had two with Ving. Okay, great. Yeah. So, yeah, so you'll be rolling 2d6 plus two. Okay. To help Ving. I, all right, let's okay. look at this. I don't think it's anything. I don't see anything Just, important here. Well, I mean, let's um, take a second look. I rolled a seven. Plus two is nine. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, great. That's uh, so you succeed. Well, it's a partial success, so it's a plus one, which makes your roll a seven instead of a six. So it's not a failure. So erase that experience point, my dude. Huh. Thanks. Uh, I will. (laughs) 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 On a seven to nine, I will tell you something interesting. It's only it's on you to make it useful. Okay. So what you do see is that this was, in fact, of like human make. Like it is, it was made by humanoid hands, mm-hmm. dwarf, elf, human, whatever. Somebody made this in a town, in a village, probably not far from here. But this blade was not originally attached to this. And it's been hammered by rough, unskilled hands to like keep it in shape and to sharpen it and stuff like that. So it's, it's not, it wasn't being used in the way that it was made to be used. Still a spear, but not maintained by a skilled or intelligent person somebody chopped down a tree with the spear maybe no i don't think so hmm. what does billy think billy thinks we should get out of here 
Yeah, I can just throw the horse over the tree. Leave that the cart. It was always my... I'll throw the cart over the tree, too. I mean, you could try and move the tree. Like it's. Does anyone have a large, a have long a lever arm? I have a staff. Okay, is it unbreakable? Sure, it is. So, okay. can I just so claim if- that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just did my unbreakable staff. Yeah, <laughs> unbreakable staff. It's made of wood. It's never. It hasn't broken yet. Yeah, as far as you know, it is unbreakable. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there. So there. Yeah. Like, how would you guys go about? Do you want to try and move the tree? Well, yeah, I'm thinking about how I would do. Well, yeah. what if? Uh, I mean, we things get, a shapeshift. Can we not hook the horse up to it, maybe, and uh, lug it out of there? Oh yeah. If we, is there another tree nearby? Are there other trees? trees everywhere? This a is simple like a swampy, pulley system. Swampy forest. Yeah. If we like throw, we throw up a pulley, mm-hmm. and then we attach the horse to it. Why don't we wrap the rope we have in our packs, uh-huh. and then we toss that rope over a tree, and uh-huh. then we use that to like pull on pull up the tree up yeah mm, with the horse yes yeah sure yeah great. or with the tuck oh yes yeah, so i could also do it t- am i both. if i fought the horse would i win <laughs> it's hard to say it's a tough horse uh can i work together with the horse sure yeah that sounds good you can also help each other yeah so somebody's gonna so somebody mark off a point of their adventuring pack their adventure gear. i will use mine great yeah so just mark one of those off to get a rope and yeah, I guess this will be like a defy danger to make up pulley system. Yeah. Well, and I mean, defy danger is is in a way it's a pretty catch all sort of. OK, move. so you're going to be rolling a defy danger strength, most likely. Yes. Uh, and is anybody going to does anybody want to aid? I'd like to aid, but I have um, I'm pretty. I can. You do, you'll I can just roll tie, plus your bond. All you guys will all. Yeah, I can yeah. tie the knots because I am very dexterous. Great, so, there so you go. Will help. Okay. So you guys I'm light footed, so I can go out into the bog and put, attach it to the trees and stuff. Two d six plus however many bonds you have. Uh, oh, thirteen. Dang. All right. Yes. So you're gonna get a plus one to this. You'll get a plus one to your defy danger strength. Okay. Nice. So Billy's just like tying sick ass knots and stuff. Oh yeah. Did you roll your defy? I haven't rolled. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, roll your your, your defy danger strength. Is it 2d6? 2d6 plus your strength. 4 plus 2 is 6 plus an extra 2 is 8. Yeah, great. All right. So, that's a 7 and 9. So, you'll be able to mostly move the log. You'll be able to move it enough that the horse can get through, but you won't be able to get the whole cart through. What proportion of the cart do we get through? You, it's like half. It's like you only be like the horse can get th- get past without getting stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. But Dan would probably have to leave some of his supplies behind if he wants to get the cart through at all. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, I'm fine with that. We have to do this. Dan, are you okay with it? Or we can just leave. Oh, Dan. geez, guys, I don't know. What? Mm. Let me. We can help. I got a lot of good meat in here, and I just, I don't know what to leave. Leave them. Well, why don't we go to the festival and see if we can get uh, get some people to come back and move the log? Well, just tell us what is what's in the what's what's in the cart that is the heaviest and the thing that people hate the most. That's true. (laughs) Mm. Pickled eggs. Probably like this, like the sweet schloss meat. Oh yeah, it's like sweet, but it's still like savory. But like not in a complimentary way. Like a mince meat. Like a mince meat. A mince sloss meat. Yeah. How much of that did you bring? Uh, like 
200 pounds? Yeah, leave that. Wow, leave yes. that. I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't think I want to... I don't think I'm comfortable to leave anything behind. You're going to have to find a new, another way. I, gu- I guarantee you that if you leave that barrel of shitty sweet meat in the middle of this bog for a hundred years, no one would take it. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're trying to parlay to convince Dan to leave his shit behind. Oh, yeah. yes. So what are you, what is the leverage that you have on Dan? His, uh, the horse. If you're trying to convince him, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to help him or, or we can walk. And he can carry all of his sh- stuff. Why don't we just take his horse with us if he doesn't want to leave his gross meat? All right. Yeah. So we already roll, have his horse. Somebody roll 2d6 plus charisma. The leverage is like, we'll just leave you here in the swamp. I have plus one charisma. It's you. You're the most. And you okay. got good rolls. We'll see about that. It's still good. Yeah. Oh, nine. Man. So on a seven to nine, uh, they'll do what you want, but they need concrete assurance of your uh they'll need concrete assurance of your promise right now and your promise is that you'll continue to protect him i guess oh yeah for sure we'll yeah. get him to the thing okay great so yeah. um dan that's the fuck that's the whole fucking point <laughs> of this so dan says okay fine whatever but uh if i'm gonna leave this stuff behind i need you guys to cover the cost how much is this shit worth i was gonna i was probably gonna make you know 30, 40, 50 coins. No one was going to buy this. You don't know that. You haven't been to this festival before. How long have you been lugging this around for? I've been lugging this around for six months. Now, I understand that that's a long time, but I just haven't found the right market, and the hot dog festival in Mudlark is the right market for this, and I'm going to be taking a huge loss. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if you have a single person ask you <laughs> yeah for sweet meat for sweet schloss meat i will give you this amulet with a picture of a horse in it Whoa. let me take a look at that amulet here you go oh, that's a pretty good is this a horse that no that one is my mother the other is the horse oh the main the main threw me off she has yeah. like a long sort of mohawky kind of deal yes why the long face <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it says, all right, you know what? Is it a valuable amulet, by the way? Like, is it made of valuable materials? I It was left in my bassinet when I was a child. I am asking you. Sean O'Hara is asking <laughs> Abdul Aziz. Is the amulet made out of, like, valuable stuff? It is not made out of wood or metal. <laughs> so he's like, all right, sounds... You know what? It is made out of... Uh, and uh, Nobody knows. It, it's a... Uh, it's... Wait, I'm... It's forming. <laughs> it's made out. I can picture it in my mind. It's like it's almost like volcanic rock, but mm-hmm. or or like uh, it's almost like a lodestone, stone, mm-hmm. like burnished uh, metallic material Ooh, that so is like, cool. like non- yeah, no, 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 like, like grayish, gray, gray, gray kind of uh, old fireworks. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> like volcanic rock. Sort of, uh, or like a meteor rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, or uh, he it's, says, you know what? Uh, fine, whatever. <laughs> Let me just finish describing <laughs> like, this no, to I everyone. Can see it. I'm holding it. It's gray. It's yes. shiny. I like it. Here is it back. And if, if 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 somebody, and you know what? No, I'm going to hold on to this. Actually, no, you As should give deal, that. No, I'm going to hold on to this. <sighs> and if somebody asks me about Schloss meat, this is mine. I don't like that. And I he tucks like... it. He tucks it into his shirt. Let's I, go. I don't All like right. that disrespect. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? 
David. I, I'm brewing <laughs> an idea. Jesus, Dan, you're turning into a real dickhead yeah, right well, now. Yeah, I don't I'm understand stressed. how this is our problem. Well, yeah. because Treat. I, uh, you guys are going to get paid for getting me to this festival, and you're acting like real wieners. We had an agreement. I walked yeah. in the bog for you. I got red mud on my and shoes. I lifted a whole goddamn tree. Well, great, but let's just look. Let's just get. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. You I'm take sorry. Two steps back, Dan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. These are wolf suede. Look, I'm sorry. I'm stressed out. The festival is in like a day and a half. I got a bunch of meat. Got a lot of things riding on this. Okay. I'm sorry, Dan. We all understand that you want to succeed at this festival, yeah, so it's that important. you can tell all of the other food cart owners how awesome a time you had at this festival. Well, you know what. Tim is acting like a real hotshot back in town. He thinks griddle cakes, way of the future. I'm trying to tell him, no, Schloss meat will be and will remain always the most popular. And I think that this festival is a great way to tell Tim to take his hotcakes and shove them up the old behind. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, let's take everything that we can that's not too bogged down. All right. Load up his horse. Dan, you're carrying most of it. I don't. (laughs) Okay, fine, 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 fine. So he actually is able to like dump out the sweet schloss meat, which makes like the cart like light enough on one side that it doesn't totally get stuck in the mud. So you can kind of wiggle it around the car, around the log and the horse gets through and you guys are on the road and back ready to go. All right. Hop in everybody. Next stop mud lark. Yeah. That's the end of uh, (laughs) the session for today. Uh, We've been playing dungeon world. My name is Sean O'Hara. I've been the game master uh, Paul Oppers. My dick turns into uh, multiple bees. Uh, Jessica O'Hara. I found a nice rock. And Abdul Aziz. It's almost like a loading stone. And our producer, Wes Lord. Thanks, Wes. And goodbye. And so ends the tale of Adventures 3 Who tried the best they can Though dumb and scared and lost they be for times abreast in revelry And though our journey may be like a conclusion We will not leave you without a resolution Return next week to hear some more whilst you The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. How much do you know about cryonic preservation? Cryonic preservation. The preservation of human beings at extreme low temperature. You mean like like uh, Walt Disney? No, I swear to God, if you say anything about Walt Disney's frozen head, I'm hanging up this phone right now. Swear to me. Never heard of the Red Valley Seabolt until I just told you. I swear. You swear. Could you take your hand off my knee? Look, Warren, if they're sending the butter wouldn't melt new boy looking for Red Valley, it'll be for a reason. Trust me. People are losing their lives in this company. We pulled him out too soon. He is awakening exactly as we planned. He's dying on me. We're all murderers here. Bryony, you, me, that doorman probably. Guy on the corner there with a the neck tattoo. I bet he's killed someone. Would you like to cut his head off? I'm sorry. The saw is funny.
Gordon, why are you sharing this stuff with me? Why are you smiling? I don't know. I smile when things get awkward. Get in your golden bullet, pick me up. You want to go to Red Valley? You want to go to Red Valley? Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley Valley is available on all podcast providers. Do you want to continue?